my name is Jackie Miller. I am a high-conflict divorce coaching consultant and host of this podcast, Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. Today, I had the pleasure of hosting career coach Daisy Swan on my show. Daisy has been an unbelievable resource in my life, and I wanted to introduce you to her as well. Daisy and I cover topics such as vocational assessments that may happen during your divorce, as well as life after divorce and looking at your career, whether you need to make a change or you're embarking on a whole new venture. Please listen in as Daisy shares her expertise. Hello, Daisy Swan. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, I just kind of want everyone to know, um, full disclosure, if we seem a little chummy, it's because I do know Daisy. <laughs> I She gets a lot of credit for the reason I'm sitting here today. And I think she's so awesome. I wanted to... Um, introduce her to my whole audience as well, because I, I think she's fantastic and you help so many people. So I wanted to tell everyone a little bit about you first. Um, okay. You are a certified coach with over 20,000 hours of coaching help, excuse me, to help professionals live the authentic lives they desire. Her passion is helping people find and hone their career paths and life purpose with balance and clarity. Uh, you have a deep knowledge and training in a variety of coaching modalities, and uh, clients who work with you receive a customized approach to transform their particular set of challenges into wins. And you coach people through career options, but you also do interview and resume coaching, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, executive coaching. And then it can be anyone from a new graduate to a high level executive. Exactly. Yeah. All ages, all stages of life. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you guys can all go to daisyswan.com because you can see even more of Daisy's own resume. <laughs> of extensive training and certifications and experience. Um, so again, go to daisyswan.com and can also tell you uh, how to work with her. So I first want to know, Daisy, how you became a career coach. What was your path to figuring out uh, what you wanted to do? Yeah, gosh, a long time ago, um, when I was in my 20s, I was a lost pup. My parents had gone through a terrible divorce um, during my college years. And, you know, it, they were just kind of involved in their own thing. And I got kind of lost and um, just really didn't know how to manage my life very well. Finally went to a career counselor, which was nobody knew about a career counselor in those days. Yeah. And so I went to a career counselor when I was about 28 and she helped me figure out how to finish my education, which I needed to do. I had taken some years off and I went on and uh, got my master's degree. I thought I was going to be a teacher. I didn't know I would end up teaching the way I teach now um, because I went and got my master's degree and I ended up being really interested in how people um, find out about life paths. And yeah. I studied mentoring programs. I looked at mentoring programs of all sorts. Anyway, I ended up in the career center as the assistant director after I graduated. And um, so that's how I really got started because I got to know all the people in the career center while I was doing my master's. Yeah. And um, yeah, so then I was the director of the career center at Pepperdine. That's how I got out to LA. Oh, cool. And um, working with MBAs. And then I was a recruiter for a while. And then also was at uh, USC working with MBAs. And then my son was born. And by the time he was three, I was like, you know what? This kid needs me. Yeah. 
So I, I started my own business and um, yeah, that was, I put my website up in 2003, but I'd already been working with clients before that. Okay. And I want to get back to a lot of things that you said, because you use um, so many of those to help people on their journey, but mm-hmm. it's not just finding out what you like to do, but what's going in your life at that time. Um, yeah. that's right for you. So, yeah. um, but and we're going to fold all that back in. It will come full circle. Okay. I want to take a little detour for a second because this podcast is about high conflict divorce. Yes. And I want to come back to um, the career paths and what you do from a coaching perspective. And the reason I want to deviate real quick is because you also have expertise in this area and there's something that can come up in high conflict divorce that I know I didn't want know about. And mm-hmm. so my purpose, just not only to educate people, but, um, you know, if you have this sort of situation coming up, give you a little more insight, there's something called a vocational assessment. And I want you to explain exactly what that is. And then we'll put it in the context of high conflict divorce. Yeah. Perfect. Um, So there are people who will uh, meet with you as a vocational evaluator, and it's usually, uh, well, it's oftentimes the wife who has that evaluation done Mm -hmm. on behalf of her husband and her attorney, right, Um, to find out what sort of income you can be making. And um, if you were to go back to work, let's say you haven't been working for many years. Mm -hmm. So I have been hired um, many times by attorneys who um, know that I do not take a, more of a contentious uh, kind of approach to this. Yeah. Um, so what, a, um, what an evaluation looks like is there are some assessments that you would do so that this third party professional, um, in some cases me, would sit down with that person and talk about their background, uh, talk about their interests, what you know, what they, what their accomplishments have been, what their education is, to make that assessment of what sort of work they can be doing post divorce. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I know that a lot of people are very uncomfortable with yeah. the idea of walking in, meeting this evaluator, and um, what I have done when I've been brought in is I take a, a very collaborative approach. I want the people that I'm meeting with to know that I want to help them. I mean, I, I see it as a real win-win, like you can actually find out what will work with for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and so the, and I will say primarily I've worked with women and we do take a look at everything that's been going on. I take a very compassionate perspective. I went through a high conflict divorce. Mm. Um, we managed it pretty well, but it was high conflict and we were collaborative, but it was difficult. Um, so I, I know there are just so many stressors going on, but the thing is, you can really take it as an opportunity to look at yourself, to look at what could be down the road. So long as you approach it, you know, when I'm working with people in these evaluations and the reports I give, I want people to recognize if somebody's been home with their kids and their kids are used to being, you know, picked up by their mom and they have a schedule, you know, you have to work it out in a humane way. That's my perspective. Humane, realistic way. Right. Right. I mean, what are you going to do all of a sudden, like next week, it's not like that. Yeah. Next week, you're going to go back and you're going to make a hundred thousand. That's not going to happen if you've been out of the workforce. So, you know, it's, it, there has to be some grace period. There has to be some potentially redevelopment of skills. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, it's a whole process. It's not, and that's what I would like people to know about that, that it's not like 
um, you're expected to go back to work in most cases. Right. Tomorrow, and because of this report, you're going to be making, you know, some ridiculous amount of money, which unfortunately I do know that some contentious divorces, husbands or wives may expect the spouse to be able to make uh, a very high salary right away. Right. Right. Sometimes that is the case, but usually it's not. Right. And I think, and again, I'm not an attorney, so this isn't legal advice, but I can tell you from my experience, sort of the strategy sometimes that makes puts people in this real fearful mode of having a vocational assessment is that, so say it is sort of this, the situation where the husband's with the, the way the earner and the you know wife's been the stay at home mom. If he can prove that you are capable of making X amount of dollars, they can subtract that from, you know, what he may be paying in alimony. So that's sort of the strategy behind it. And so that's why people get real fearful. As you said, they're going to go into this vocational assessment and, you know, once in a while you do get that person that says, oh, I know you've been out of the workforce for 15 years, but look at your educational background, blah, blah, blah. You could, yeah, you're capable of making $125,000 next month. <laughs> and you're like, I don't, even, I don't even, I'm still like it, like in my pajamas making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, you know, and, and no, that's not knocking the stay at home mom. You're busy 24 seven, right? But with what you've been doing, which is raising your children. And to that point, then you have all of the other expenses, right? You also then are hiring, you know, in some cases you're hiring help, yeah. you're getting your wardrobe together. And these days with remote, that should be interesting, but you know, yeah. there are so many things. If you've been out of the workforce, even if you've been out of the workforce for seven years, five years, yeah. look at the rate of change in, in the workforce. Oh my gosh. I mean, the, you know, there are so many new developments and people have to catch up. So it's just not realistic that right. somebody would go from, you know, zero to 60 in their careers is that's just not going to happen. Sure. Well, so, so on the upside of that, you're right. Vocational assessments, especially if someone like Daisy's involved can totally be an opportunity for you to sit down. In most cases, you're not paying for it. Your ex is because he's ordered it or she's ordered it. Um, but it is an opportunity to sit down and start to flesh out, you know, what it is you want to do now um, that you're yeah. apart from, from your spouse now say that doesn't turn out so well, or that you didn't hear what you wanted to hear, then that is why, like I, for instance, took matters in my own um, hands, found you Daisy, because I, the reality was I did need to find something work. I wanted it to fit my lifestyle and I wanted to really like it. And so, you know, having someone like you coach me was just, was huge. Yeah. Well, and it was so cool to watch you totally take the bull by the horns and make it all happen. So, (laughs) and, you know, I just, I I just did a podcast with a, you know, a survivor, somebody who'd been through a really tough marriage and divorce. And I, the, the message we were trying to send people is, you know, depending on what was going on in your marriage, you could have really been in this fearful fight or flight mode for a long time. And you just can't fathom that you're going to be back at any kind of work full time. You just, don't have the mental space. You can't, no. you can't imagine it. It's overwhelming. I know, I know when I went through, you know, what we went through and my son was five and I was working part-time from the time he was 12 weeks old, which is not what I wanted to do, but it, I, in my case, it did turn out to be a good thing, but I was a wreck. I was totally a wreck. And then all of the work you have to do, getting all of your materials together, you know, we know it's, yeah. It's a very stressful time and just trying to pull your life together. Um, right. And I will say, you know, once I 
started to feel better. And I had gotten some coaching and some therapy going through all of that. And when I started to feel better, it was like, oh, look what I can do, you know? And, and that's when I got more involved in my coaching and got some training and, right. You know, just came alive, created a new home and, you know, like the, the upside to the other side was just so amazing. You're absolutely right. Came alive is the best term for it because I bet you felt this way. I wish I could show Jackie that was in the middle of that horrific, (laughs) you know, experience the Jackie that's happening now. I I might not have believed it. I honestly may not have believed it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the same as when, whenever you're burned out and I, I work with a lot of people who are, you know, pretty burnt out, um, you know, from, from their work, from their marriage, from whatever, especially, you know, certainly these days. Yeah. And when you're burned out, there's no space. There's just no space for creativity, for ideas. Yeah. And when, when there's a little more room, when you're able to, you know, to, I mean, you remember this from just having a baby, right? You're yeah. just drained. And I remember I couldn't stay up past, you know, 10 o'clock, what? but, but yeah. then when you, when you acclimatize, right, you yeah. bounce back and it's like, oh, I'm a lot, I'm up and it's 1130. It takes um, a process of what I call resuscitation. You know, you have to breathe life, you know, back into your into yourself. I like and, that, you know, and, and then once there's a little more space and you start to feel better, then you can see, Oh yeah, I could do, you know, yeah, yeah I could absolutely interest okay. come back. So yeah. someone comes to work with you or, you know, someone like you, a career coach. So what, how does that start? What do you usually like to do? Yeah. So I, I work with clients, as you know, in a package. And so we work over a three month period of time, generally speaking. And so I like people to do some pre-work before we get started. Mm-hmm. So there is some assessments that are helpful for my clients and for me, for them to do. Um, and, and answering a lot of questions. I have a questionnaire that I created that that helps them start to think about what's important and what are some of their images of what they want, some of the things they get stuck on. And then, um, you know, the, the Myers-Briggs type indicator, I like that one, and also the Speeds Finder. Um, and so those three assessments give us some good information to start yeah. working with. And then we start to dig into all of the things that they've done in their life and, sure. um, and well, find new opportunities. I don't know if you remember this story, but it was, it stuck with me forever. We, we had done my strengths finder, whatever. And some of it was really revealing to me um, and, you know, solidified some things I thought, but some things I wasn't sure of. And I remember I was brainstorming and I said to you one day, you know, I was thinking, what if I did this and did, did, did this career? And you stopped for a second. I remember you looked down, you read and you said, you know, when you did your strengths finder, and that was the one you said you really felt represented you really well, right? And I said, yeah, and you said, you said you hate that. <laughs> or it was something to that effect. And I go, yeah, you're right, I do. <laughs> and I thought, why am I considering this? I, I was just trying so hard, you know what I mean, to find something, but thank you. Cause no, don't let me go down that path. I don't like doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do like people to think about their skills. And we work through that really looking at skills and, um, gifts and, yeah. um, you know, it turns out that a lot of people have a lot of really great skills Yeah, and just because you have them doesn't mean you have to do them. Yeah. That is so profound. I mean, one, 
you may not even realize the kind of skills you have just because you haven't been in this traditional workforce. Right. So that's one side of it or the other. Yeah, I'm capable of doing that, but I like doing that. <laughs> and so anyway. That's one of my favorite things to recognize because having my own business, you know, people who have their own businesses, right? You, you'll come up with all sorts of things you could do. And it's really important to go, oh yeah, I could do that. But, you know, I don't think I want to do that. So yeah. it's yeah. important to, to know that you can, really take a look at, you know, what works for you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to make a life that actually does work for you. Yeah. What do you think, what do you see as people's biggest roadblocks sort of when they're in this process? Well, first it's all the stories that are stuck in your head, right? Like all of the negative, all of the negative voices. I mean, that's what we all, yeah. Now newsflash, everybody has this. Yeah. Um, everybody gets stuck by this. So the negative feedback you give yourself, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. And, and I really help my clients start to recognize that because it's so insidious. It can be so alive in you and not even, you know, know it. Yeah. So to be able to say, okay, let's give that judgmental yaki voice a little space and then tell it to shut up and let's move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, that is a really big roadblock for people because they'll, they'll think, oh, I can't do that. Usually just as an aside here, when people are looking at job descriptions, first of all, there are a lot of job descriptions that aren't going to sound right to anybody, you know, but, um, but usually what people see is the one thing that they don't have. Um, That's true. And we have a negative bias. So when you see something that doesn't say, you know, that's me, it's really easy to say, oh, I'll never find anything. I don't have the right skills, blah, blah, blah. blah. So, um, so that's where we really take a deeper dive and, and try to create, come from a place of creating what it is you want versus trying to fit you in to something else, to yeah. some sort of prefixed kind of job. Yes, yes, prefix. That's a good point because I, yes, I just couldn't get stuck out of this is what I used to do. And just if my background, FYI, anyone, I was in pharmaceutical sales. Okay. Divorce coaching and pharmaceutical sales <laughs> have nothing to do with one another. Obvious. And yes. And yes, yet look at what, you know, we've come up with and thank you for walking me down that path because, oh my gosh, A, it fits my life. I have two children. Um, B, it is what I love. I do not feel like I'm going to work or doing work ever. Right. And that, I mean, I almost want to cry because that's like the, the golden ring, right? Yeah. But you, there's no way you would have even known, like when you started in your career, you know, pharmaceutical sales and you probably did look like, wow, this is great. And then yeah. your life changes and you have these kids and you have this lifestyle and, you know, you have all the demands of being a mother, right? Yeah. And then you learn new things. And, and that's, you know, I think that's a, a super important point. You know, many people will say, oh, but I don't have those skills. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't know how to do that or whatever. And that's where, um, you know, I really like to encourage people to recognize just because you don't know it now doesn't mean you're not going to know it forever. You can find out, you can learn. I mean, you did that. Yeah. So yeah. You learned so many things oh my gosh. to make this <laughs> happen. Yeah. You but know? it was again, because I was following a passion, not a trying to fit myself in a box. Right. And so it all started, started to come naturally. And I have so many comments, um, for what we just talked with my, my, my neurons are firing, but <laughs> one was that I got to look at pharmaceutical sales and, and with your help, I dissected like all the different jobs I had in those companies. Okay. Because I didn't just sell pharmaceuticals. I ended up in a position where I was teaching, um, 
big customer service programs and coming up with them to big, um, you know, medical offices. Da, da, da. Well, I love teaching yes. and I love speaking. Right. Gee, go figure that even though I was in pharmaceuticals, I ended up in a position using right. the things I like. So, yeah. And so, but I had to stop and think about that. I never had acknowledged that before. Exactly. And that's what I do with people is help them recognize the things that they've probably loved to do from a pretty young age. You know, just like when I went back to school, I thought I was going to be an, a high school English teacher because I, I loved reading and writing and I loved teaching. So I thought that's what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out that, you know, I love all kinds of teaching and coaching and mentoring. And so that ended up being the foundation, you know, right. And, right. And, we get to do all sorts of other things too, but yeah. Yeah. And so getting stuck in this, okay, I like teaching. I got to go be a teacher. You know, right. There's lots of ways of a subject right? at a school. <laughs> right. There's lots of ways of doing what we want to do. It's, but it can be, you know, I just want to say something about this idea of passion, especially when people are going through this tough time, mm -hmm. you know, meaning potentially a difficult divorce you know, uh, pandemic, I mean, thankfully we're starting to come out of that, but, um, you know, when you're going through a hard time and you hear people talking about their great passion, it can be kind of like, oh no, I don't have a, a passion. How am I ever going to, you know, find anything? And people do want to work at what they're passionate about. And sometimes, and I see this a lot with people, sometimes they just need to get started. They need to get the wheels turning again for then the, you remember, I don't know when, when my kid was small, he liked to play with these things that, you know, where the gears mesh, yes. you know, yes. and then turn the whole thing. And so sometimes the passion doesn't show up until the gears get moving. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, let's even forget that word passion, because I agree. I think that is so intimidating that yeah. you feel like you had to come out of the womb Mm -hmm. And no, you know, have this past, this thing, this one thing that you were passionate about your whole life. And now you're, you're going to go get it, the, have the business or job to do that. I had read somewhere, which was very helpful to me. It's like, just think about what energizes you. It, it could be anything. It right. could be, it could be walking makes you really happy and gives you energy. It could be speaking. Like I said, for me, it can be, um, grooming your dog. I'm not kidding. It, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> What literally like makes you feel really like happy and light inside it, yeah. like write down anything that just gives you energy. And then, and, and you and I had talked about this. It was like, go do anything that heads in that direction. I don't right. care what it is. I don't care if you're an executive and you just get complete joy out of grooming your dog, <laughs> go volunteer at a dog groomer and just see, or something and see, you know, see if I see if you hate it, but do anything, one yeah. tiny thing in that direction. And that is where my podcast idea came from. I know podcasts by and large don't make money. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, I eventually maybe possibly, but that's really not usually right. what they do, but I thought, okay, I, I really want to help people that have been what I've been through. I know I like speaking. I'm just going to do this because I know it's not going to be maybe a career, but it's heading in that direction. Right. And, so, and then it pulls you along with it too. Yeah. Yeah. You're sort of tell, waving to the universe. Hey, this is the stuff I like. And then the universe sits up and takes notice and goes, oh, you do? Okay. Let me throw some more stuff at you then. Yeah. And, and that is key to that resuscitation thing I was talking about. You know, it's um, it, it, doing things that make us feel good. Yeah. They, they have a, well, one, they're contagious. When we feel better, other people are going to feel better. So if you need that, mm -hmm. but, um, but also, you know, once we get the momentum going of feeling better, 
we have more of a vision. It's possible to have more of that vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are still fears and, and whatnot that come along the way. And mm-hmm. I know one big thing that happened with me and a lot of people, will you talk a little bit about imposter syndrome? Mm. I've about this before, but I feel like when people are headed off on a new path, this is something that a topic that's been coming up a lot. Yeah, for sure. Comes up everywhere with everyone. So again, you know, just know it may not look like it, but uh, everybody's got it. Yeah. And, and what is it? Tell people exactly what, what it is. Yeah. It's that feeling, um, like when you're talking to somebody and you just think, wow, they know so much and I know nothing. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, they must be able to see right through me and know that I am just making everything up. Yeah. Right. And, and this confidence that I'm trying to, you know, show and look like it's, you know, I know nothing. It's yeah. that kind of, um, so you do, you literally feel like you're an imposter. Terrifying. Um, Terrifying. Any, any moment now they're, they're going to figure it all out. Yeah. And right. it, and it feeds back to the self, the, you know, negative self-talk. You totally. About. I mean, mm-hmm. that's totally it. And so when I um, work with clients, one of the first things I want people do, to do is get curious about that. Like, oh, that's interesting. So, you know, what's really going on? Do you think that's really true? Always a good question to ask yourself when you're, when you've got thoughts going through your head, yeah. you know, always just really stop and go, is that really true that I don't know anything? Is it right. really true? This person is walking on water, you know? So there's that. Um, cause we tend to idealize other people yeah. when we, when we feel that way. Um, so being curious is really a wonderful antidote to, um, this, this feeling wobbly inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is to really think about what, where you really are, right? Like what are the accomplishments you have, the things you you've learned how to do the ways that you've gotten through hard times you know, all of those things can really help you shift the narrative to accepting who you are, what you've got going on right here. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. And I think another thing sometimes that can come along with the imposter syndrome is I need one more certification. I need one more degree. I need one more, right? Before I'm good enough to go do this. Do you see absolutely. people get stuck in that cycle? Yeah, well, I, I'm one of those people. I love to, <laughs> I love to get another. I mean, I wish I had my PhD already, but you know, I just love learning. Yeah, yeah. And so, for many of us, it's going to be like that because we're going to find, oh, there's something else I could learn. Sure. But, um, but yeah, it's not necessary. We don't always have to have one more thing. Women, in particular. Um, tend to be that way. Men have, you know, for whatever reasons, we know that men shoot from a much more confident place. They just do. Yeah. Um, so socialization, you know, has given them that gift. And so we women need to be able to ask ourselves, you know, again, is it really true? Do I really need to do that? Do I want to? That's one yeah. thing. Do I need to? Right. Do I need to, is it truly helpful? Yeah. To get me. And, and it's like, so you just kind of, you have to start somewhere. Sometimes it's a big step and it's scary, but you just kind of have to start. Um, yeah. And I, I know that the other thing women tend to do is undervalue themselves or what they're worth. So say you're starting a new business and you're trying to decide what to charge or whatnot. And it's, we yeah. tend to give, we're helpful and caring and we just right. kind of end up giving our services away. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting process. Um, 
what I found is if you overreach, like if you're setting your rates or something, if you overreach and you don't feel comfortable, it won't work. Mm. It just won't. If, if, and there, there's, that means there's a sweet spot in there. Yeah. You know, when I first started coaching, I set myself at a rate that was way low, but I didn't care. I was like, I just need to see that I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I did have alimony at the time and it helped me to gain my confidence, you know, to get my son situated, to create my household, you know, and then as I, you know, each year I grew and grew, you know, and, and then I was so busy and, you know, uh, then I felt like, okay, yeah, now I'm okay with this rate. Yeah. Now I can jump off that cliff and say, okay, this is, this is what I'm worth. Right. Right. Uh, and, but it, and have confidence when you say it, like just rolls off your tongue. Cause yeah, you are worth it. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. But that can be, you know, and, and I think that's, you know, an interesting thing in terms of negotiation and of all sorts of things, you know, we women need to learn how to be stronger, Yeah. you know, be willing to go that little extra bit and feel that, you know, little catch in your throat about, well, I'd like to discuss, you know, another, you know, what's, here's the salary I'm really thinking about, you mm-hmm. know, being able to say something like that. It takes some preparation. Yeah, absolutely. I coached a lot of women through that and, you know, that, and that's okay. Learning that skill, you know, it's, it takes, it does take some doing. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I always say too, like even these divorces are so hard and take so much out of you, but they also just test your resiliency and they end up showing you how much strength you have and what you're capable of. And really it ends up being a positive in the long run. I know it probably doesn't seem like it folks, but it really does because after you've, you know, been through what you've been through, you know what, you can do it. Absolutely. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, being able to live through and get through the things I've gotten through any number of things, um, have shown me, you know, so I, I do like people to know. Yeah. The tough times do really make us stronger. They do. And another thing I just really want to encourage people to do is I know, you know, divorces are costly. They spend a lot of money. Don't skimp on spending money on yourself to find things out. Like, like with a a career coach, that is money well spent. It, it just, it is, you're investing in yourself. You're investing in your happiness and your future. Um, It's a difference between you just trying to go out and get a job and you, you know, maybe doing something that actually fulfills you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, I'm glad that you brought that up. I mean, also I just get so upset if I'm working with somebody who's been through a divorce and was not well represented. Yeah. I mean, you and I are a good testament to having great representation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and having somebody who really stood up to someone, right? And, you know, being strategic. And I mean, there were lots of things that I gave up because I was like, I, this is important to me. If this is important to you, okay, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm going to be fine. But having somebody who's really a great strategist, you know, and being able to really look at how, what you need and and how it needs to go. There's nothing worse than talking to somebody and finding out they did not get good representation. Yeah, I know it is. It's heartbreaking. Um, And, and you know, another thing that I see too, I've had a few women come to me and just ask about starting um, my career and they've waited, they've gotten alimony and they've waited. And now there's like a year of alimony left. Yeah. What do you think I should do it? I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't mean to panic anyone out there, but I'm just saying, if you know that you have a finite amount of time with some financial help to your point, what you said, you felt a little more freedom because you did have a, you know, some monetary support coming in from the alimony. So you had a little bit more freedom to get and knowing you had the time to get up to speed. 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. Years ago, um, when I was pretty new and having my own business, I had a, a woman come to me and it was exactly that situation. She had had years of child support and alimony and she was in her last year and um, she she wanted to completely revamp what she was doing. And the things that she was most interested in doing were gonna take some education mm-hmm. and some time. And she wanted to make you know, she was like, I have to make, you know, 85,000 or more, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. It, you know, it put me in a tough position. Yeah. Working with somebody who is that then stressed. Yes. You know, and that kind of pressure, it, it makes it harder, really. Yeah. Well, this comes back full circle too, to what you said as well. Just yes, when you are in that stressed space, uh, we were talking more in the context of when you're in the middle of the divorce, but yes, you just, any stress, stressful situation, you don't have that mental space that you need to think through things and be creative. Creative is the big part. You're right. Like I think you're, you're literally your right brain shuts down, right? Um, the creative side. Uh, to be in fight or flight, you and you do. You need that. You need the ideas to come and the uh, and the, the the intuition. I mean, intuition. You know, we're graced by it when we have more of a relaxed mind. It's just the way. It's just the way we're wired. Yeah. And, and your intuition can feed you so much good. You know, <sighs> good juice, right? About what to do with yourself. How how to how to get things done. How to yeah. how to live your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Well. Daisy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I hope that anyone out there's listening. I mean, you know, number of takeaways today, right? So know that you, when you get to the other side, in fact, let me ask you this question because I love to ask all my guests this, Yes. what do you have to tell people who are in the middle of this, this horrible experience right now of a high conflict divorce when they get to the other side, what do they have to look forward to? Gosh, so many things that, you know, that feeling that you've gotten through something and now, and, and you do, I mean, yes, it's a double-edged sword. It's your life to create. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of responsibility and it's also a lot of freedom. Yeah. You know, we, we can create wonderful lives for ourselves and for our kids. Yeah. And, and that's what I've seen in my life. I'm so grateful to be where I am, you know, yeah. and see how well my son has done, even with all the difficulty we had. So there's a lot of good stories on the other side. Yeah. He got to watch you do it and saw um, uh, his mother just be a really strong woman and strong individual. And that's a gift to him. That's a gift. You really do. Like if you, if you can't do it for yourselves or you're struggling right now to make your own decision, know that you can do it for your kids. And it's a big deal Yeah, um, to have them watch you succeed. It after. was really hard. That was a really hard thing, but I knew I didn't want him to see me, you know, in the relationship I was in. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again, everybody. Uh, You can, let me just remind you, go to daisyswan.com and get a hold of Daisy and find out how you can work with her. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, It it truly just can be life-changing and just sort of help you, you know, figure some things out and send you on a path that hopefully will be a little more positive for your future. All right. All right. Thank you again, Daisy. Take care. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Great. Bye. Bye. 